This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research PodHub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Yong Suk, Industrial Analyst and Head of Korea Research. In this episode, we are going to take a deep dive on shipping decarbonization. I'm joined by Sven Ver, European Industrial Analyst. Welcome, Sven, and thank you for joining me today. Yes, hello, Yong Suk, and thanks for having me. Thank you. Sven, you recently published your flagship Q series, Shipping Decarbonization. What's new in your report? Yeah, thanks, Yong Suk, for the question. In the note, we focus on the costs of shipping industry carbonization over the coming 30 years and how regulation and ESG are driving an increasing adoption. We screen the global UBS coverage universe for the impact on the most affected sectors. And in this context, we actually see a larger number of most favored and least favored stocks among the names that we cover. We take a look at the total cost of shipping decarbonization actually under different pathways and toolboxes. And depending on that, we derive a total estimated net cost impact of between 257 and 317 billion annually in our full decarbonization scenario. And while this cost obviously sounds prohibitively high at first sight, we actually think it would be quite digestible for the industry and consumers. And that is because the cost of typical consumer items would need to rise less than 1% even in a 100% CO2 reduction scenario. We also look at the different toolboxes, as I said, such as fuels, operating, technical measures to achieve shipping decarbonization, but also how carbon taxation could be an additional adoption driver alongside regulation and ESG. Interesting. Now, what are the key takeaways from the work you have done? Yeah, Youngstuk, I think the following are really our key findings here. First, if you look at the infrastructure costs just for making the green fuels, those could amount to $1.7 trillion between 2030 and 2050. And the annual re- amount of that would correspond to 3 to 5% of current refinery and shipping capex. Second, if you look at the additional green fuel costs, those could be up to $261 billion annually by 2050, actually a doubling of the like-for-like fuel bill. Third, if you assume a $100 per ton carbon tax, this would cost the sector $70 billion annually, or 50% of top the current fuel bill if shipping does not decarbonize. And fourth, We actually think there are mitigating factors here, such as energy efficiency measures, and they bear a lot of upside, yielding up to $40 billion of savings. Last but not least, as I also mentioned in the intro, uh, we think that despite the major overall cost impact, the impact on the end consumers would seem digestible. We looked at typical consumer good prices, such as a pair of sneakers, and those price increases would be actually less than 1%. I see. But why do we need to care now, given it seems a 2050 story? Yeah, it's another great question, Yong Suk. Indeed, 
2050, you know, would seem far out and the shipping industry has a track record of complying with rules last minute. However, there are a few things driving an early adoption, we think. First, regulation is already tightening into the run-up to 2050 with IMO energy efficiency and design rules in place already and tightening gradually. Second, we also think the recent uh, EU's introduction of a shipping carbon tax is the latest driver kicking in from next year onwards. Last not least, as said in the intro, ESG is another important driver with an increasing amount of shipping clients demanding green shipping. We also actually see financing and insurance standards tightening now already, as demonstrated by the so-called Poseidon principles. Thank you. Now, why is shipping such a difficult sector to decarbonize? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Young Suk, and um, it's actually because 80% of the shipping CO2 emissions derive from deep sea shipping. And that's an issue, right? Because while batteries and fuel cells are quite suitable for nearshore shipping, these technologies are not so suitable for long distance trading, given the major space requirements and cost. Therefore, we believe combustion engines are likely to remain the main energy technology on vessels until 2050. The engine technology is proven, methanol engines are available already, and ammonia and hydrogen engines will come to the market in the coming years. The hard to abate part really comes with the availability of green fuels and their price premium to fossil fuels. That's interesting. Are there any quick fixes? Yeah, we think there are. And, and, and when we talk quick fixes, the industry is likely to embrace the so-called slow steam steaming even more. This is the strategy to run vessels at lower speeds and save a disproportionate amount of fuel and CO2. However, we think the strategy might actually reach its limits in the coming years and might also not be enough to meet potentially tightening rules. And that's why I think it's quite important that in the report, we have identified 12 technologies, such as air lubrication and propeller optimization that offer major CO2 savings at a favorable return on investment for shipping now already. And what is the next catalyst, do you think? Yeah, we think the next catalyst is likely to be the next IMO environmental meeting called MEPC in July, where the greenhouse gas rules could potentially tighten from the current minus 50% reduction by 2050 over 2008 to net zero. And this would be a major step. And that is also why it's actually still a bit uncertain, given the track record that we see for late adoption in the shipping industry. We think the global carbon tax is another topic now that we have it on an EU level. Uh, we think it's on the agenda. And we think if both were adopted, we think the public attention to the theme would rise quite significantly. Thank you. And thank you for visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. That was an introduction and overview of shipping decarbonization with me, Jung Suk, industrial analyst based in Seoul, and Sven Baer, European industrial analyst. Tune in again for more investment insights. Thank you.
This content has been prepared by UBSAG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation, nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regular or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2023. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.